When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, welcome to the working week, as Elvis Costello memorably once sang. Unlike you, I'm Graham Hunter, and it's a pleasure to read this column, written for ESPN FC to you, partly because, obviously, the thing that stimulates us all, keeps our little hearts beating, is either watching or talking about wonderful football matches. And although it's too soon, the wound is too raw to try and convince Real Madrid fans that the Classical was a rounded, beautiful match, if you were either a Barca fan or a neutral, we saw really special things. And if you're analytical of bent, then you watch the Real Madrid performance that needs analysing, so truth needs telling about it. And frankly, it's one which, listen, you can be defeated, even if you're run by Courtois and Modric and, and Casemiro and Vinicius. But one which needs explaining, because frankly, it was bizarre. Uh, and if you were of the Madridista persuasion, then <laughs> it's very little short of embarrassing. Look, this is my take on it. No matter what you read or hear elsewhere, it's a fact that Romero did not lose this classical in which they were utterly thrashed because Karim Benzema was out. Don't accept that phrase. It's glib. It hides some key truths. And it's a little typical of the modern obsession with one phrase analysis. As well-planned, well-coached and as scintillatingly effective as Xavi's Barcelona were while winning 4-0, a scoreline which could easily have been 8-0, Spain's champions-elect were truly awful. Individually, collectively and starting with the coaching team themselves. Awful. Carlo Ancelotti isn't just an old-school gentleman who's a blessing to have in Spanish football. He's a talented high-achieving, extremely clever man-manager who, barring something utterly horrendous happening, will collect 17 points or more in his next nine La Liga matches in charge of Madrid and thus become the first man to win the title in each of Europe's big five leagues. 17 points is the total that I'm arguing because in order to even force Madrid to need that many to lift the Spanish title, Barcelona would have to take 28 out of their next 30 available points. A ridiculously big ask. If Xavi's reborn Blaugrana army won nine and drew one of the last 10 fixtures, it would be an immense achievement and would take them to 82 points. Los Blancos already have 66 points in the bag. To reach 83 and therefore avoid going to head-to-head scores between the clubs this season on which they'd now lose, they'd need just 17 points from nine matches. Now, were either Thibaut Courtois or Karim Benzema to suddenly be long-term absent, which anyone with a love of football must pray does not happen, then the vista might change. Other than that, 
it's brutally hard to imagine Ancelotti not bringing Madrid the title, which, right now, they thoroughly deserve. However, only if you haven't been paying attention to Florentino Perez over the last 22 years could you easily imagine that Ancelotti's continuity in charge of Madrid isn't hanging by the slenderest of threads. The last time a Madrid side lost a home classic of 4-0, the manager, Rafa Benitez, was given six more league matches then, after a draw at Valencia, he was sacked. The last time a Madrid side played with this lethargy, lack of attention to detail, played with such a lack of competitive spirit, was in Paris only a month ago. I thought then, and still think now, that Ancelotti received the equivalent of a yellow card from his employer that night. Defeat, even for Madrid, is an inevitable occasional occurrence. Defeat without character, defeat where the display is impoverished, defeat which embarrasses the president, that's a wholly different matter. Let me state here and now that this analysis is judging how Florentino Perez thinks and acts, not necessarily what I would do. In fact, by any normal old-school standards, Ancelotti's remaining year of contract should be quite safe if he follows a trophyless season under Zidane with a league and Super Cup double, something which looks extremely likely. The last few coaches at the Santiago Bernabeu have been hamstrung by a few different elements. President Florentino's desire to stack financial reserves away in order to sign Kylian Mbappe, and quite understandably too. By the vast investment in renewing the Santiago Bernabeu until it becomes the world's greatest football stadium. And finally, by the force majeure of a pandemic and its economic impact on spectator sport. Meaning that overall, Madrid's squad hasn't been rejuvenated, renewed and upgraded in certain areas to the necessary degree. So, were Ancelotti to finish this season with two trophies and, let's say, a Champions League semi-final, he should be awarded a laurel wreath for his head and branded a hero. But it will surprise me if this classical humiliation, the home defeat to FC Sheriff and the away loss in Paris don't begin a process of Florentino and his Praetorian guard looking around to find a replacement for the Italian. Last night's evidence does Ancelotti no favours whatsoever. Barcelona didn't simply arrive in good form with pace and youthful vigour. They came with a crystal clear game plan, with the confidence that Benzema missing was a boost. They came to go toe-to-toe. Ancelotti's ideas about how to cope with Benzema's absence had the roots in the Barcelona of his mind. The one his team defeated so easily at Camp Nou in the autumn and the one which, via rope-a-dope counter-attacks, they beat in the Supercopa semi-final in January. The Italians' ideas were based on a Barcelona which could be hustled, bullied, robbed of possession, where Ter Stegen was an Achilles heel and where the Catalan club were glass-chinned and uncertain of themselves. A reasonable tactical idea, wrongly applied. Barcelona haven't been playing like that for some weeks now. Where was the scouting? Who's with the counter-voices in Ancelotti's team saying, right bet at the wrong time, boss? If he thought that the exertions of Barcelona winning in Istanbul, flying back tired but jubilant, 
and the lack of meaningful training time between beating Galatasaray and facing a classical might add force to his tactical plan, then fair enough. But it turns out he got that wrong. For those of you who are only reading about the Classical and didn't watch on ESPN or any of the other hundreds of other worldwide outlets, here's what Ancelotti tried to do. He wanted Vinicius, Rodrigo and Valverde to buzz around Ter Stegen, Araujo, Piquet, Garcia and Alba with Modric and Cruz very high up the pitch as the second line of press waiting to pick up the merest scraps of possession won by Barcelona's fallibility. Ancelotti then wanted the Croat and the German, two brilliant, ruthless footballers, to use Barcelona's cheaply lost possession to smash them. A series of quick passes in the last third of the pitch, while Xavi's team were caught with their pants down. Not only didn't that work, Madrid's press was largely made to look like what it is, a recent concept and a weekend DIY project rather than expert and industrially strong. Cruz and Modric were bypassed time and again, which left Barcelona with vastly superior numbers in midfield and free to mount precise, damaging, attacking pass after attacking pass. When Ancelotti adapted midway through the half, it helped a little. Modric back in deep controlling midfield, Casemiro supported, Los Blancos trying to play on the counter rather than use their badly executed, ill-designed press. But then there was an immediate catastrophe, and one which neither Ancelotti nor the absent Benzema have anything to do with. Before Araujo effectively kills the game on about 38 minutes with his header for 2-0, you simply need to look at the schoolboy statement, sorry schoolboys everywhere, of Madrid's preparation for the killer corner. Vinicius and Modric futilely arguing with the referee on the edge of their own box, neither paying attention to Araujo. Neither Militao nor Alaba mark the Uruguayan and, remarkably, the best header of the ball in the Barcelona squad, the number one danger for the visitors at any attacking set play, is left free, and I mean completely free, to head past Courtois. It's probably the easiest goal this ex-striker, who dreams one day of returning to play up front, will ever score. If you watch closely, you'll see Modric complain that Araujo bumps the Croat's outstretched hand as he runs past him. A hand outstretched because Modric is still berating the referee Martinez Monuera while the corner's being taken. Look, Modric is Ancelotti's head lieutenant. The embodiment of talent meeting gritty winner mentality. But he behaves as if it's a Sunday afternoon kickabout on the beach. What, I'd argue, has that aberration of behaviour from Madrid's most competitive player got to do with Benzema's absence? And how is it Ancelotti's fault? In fact, it was the type of thing which was happening across the pitch. Militao had by far his worst performance of the last two seasons, a night riddled with errors. Danny Carvajal, well, there at least Ancelotti does bear some blame. The Spain international right-back hasn't played well for weeks. Error-prone, guilty of gifting away possession, gifting away penalties. He shouldn't have started the match. Form demanded that. Ancelotti got the decision wrong, as he then did at half-time. 
The idea of going to three at the back, allowing an already utterly rampant Barcelona attack to go 1v1 against an improvised line of Nacho Militao Alaba was rampant folly. It was the all-in gesture of someone who's lost heavily and thinks one last huge gamble might turn the night his way. Spectacular when they come off, horrible otherwise. Camavinga, on at halftime, copied his elders and betters by, within a couple of minutes, gifting the ball away cheaply and then being robbed easily by De Jong to create the third goal. Casemiro wanders back, wholly uncompetitive, unathletic for the fourth goal, but makes a healthy job of arguing with the referee over whether Aubameyang's second should or shouldn't have stood. <laughs> it should. Priorities, Casemiro, priorities. Ancelotti had a horrible night, one for which I fear he'll pay heavily. Benzema, with Courtois and Modric, is this team's leader, and he's playing football like a god right now. But his absence neither needed Madrid's Italian manager to invent a 4-1-4-1 formation which the team weren't in shape to impose, nor to suddenly risk 3-5-2 when the slightest error at the back would be fatal. Nor should Benzema's absence have caused the vast majority of Madrid's players to turn in low-grade, lazy, haphazard, listless performances in a classical. Now, Barcelona were utterly devastating. They were clear about their tasks, personally and tactically. They were riding on a vapour cloud of confidence, having recently put four past Atleti, Valencia, Athletic and Napoli. And they bristled with personality and verb. It was enough for Bayern's Thomas Muller to tweet, Congrats, FC Barcelona. It was a pleasure to watch this amazing performance tonight. Chapeau. That kind of generosity is pretty remarkable in itself. But I'll leave you with a couple of thoughts. Ferland Mondi barely gets a mention, but his presence, fast, fit, strong, clever, technically skilled, was hugely missed. In fact, it always is. For some strange reason, Florentino Perez isn't Mondi's number one admirer, but I think that's a huge misjudgment. Mondi performs at a high level. Vinicius, ahead of him, and Alaba, just inside him to the right, are far better, more impactful when the Frenchman is in the eleven. Secondly, this is a timely warning to Madrid that they need an immediate reset. Chelsea are not soft-bellied and glass-chinned like PSG. Man for man, Los Blancos can think themselves better equipped than the European champions, but only if every man is on about ten times better form than this. How to achieve that over the international break? And finally, those of us who warned that there would be a very high cost of Ancelotti relentlessly playing Modric Casemiro Cruz week after week in the middle part of the season was tempting but carried a potentially catastrophic price tag might be about to be proven correct. As for Barca, just watch them. That is how you play football. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.